I'm so grateful to be here. I'm glad I'm not wearing the same shirt I wore in the video. It was a genuine fear of mine this morning. I did not remember what shirt I wore. <laughs> but I'm just so excited today to just share with all of you from the Bible this morning, which is something that, as you heard, is so important to who we are at FCC and always has been. God has spoken to us through his word, and he continues to speak to us, and that's a part of who we are as a church as we take it seriously and we we love it and we want to live it out um uh, a couple of things before i get started i want to welcome we know there's no powerhouse today that means our kids are with us so let's welcome our kids this morning Great to have you guys here, and anytime our kids are in our service, uh, I like to preach from the Jesus Storybook Bible, so there's going to be some pictures on the screen, and I'm uh, excited about that. I like pictures, too. Um, and I, I want to just share a bit about um, remembering, because that's, that's a lot of what we're doing today is remembering, um, and uh, I think it's a really important thing to do, and the Bible thinks that, too. Uh, so many times in Scripture, God calls us to remember. Remember my faithfulness. Remember what I've done for you. Remember my laws. Remember my precepts. These are verses that just happen over and over again. And so I want to talk a little bit about today uh, why it's important for us to remember. So with that, I want to take us to a story in the Bible uh, that's about a dude named Abraham. Uh, Kids, if you're in the room, raise your hand if you've ever heard of Abraham before. Not Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Good. I'm glad, Dave. I'm glad you heard of him. All right. Um, we're going uh, to talk about Abraham because he is often called the father of our faith. He is someone that God called to, to, to follow him and to do something that was probably pretty scary at the time. Uh, but he followed God in faithfulness, and God did amazing things through that. So if you would, let's read this together. I'm going to come over here so I can get out of the way. Uh, this, this is from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's one of my favorite Bibles. This is what I read to my kids when they were little, uh, and I love it. If you want one, uh, you should get one because it's a great Bible to understand God's heart for us. But this is a story of Abraham. Years passed, and things didn't get any better. The writer is saying this because the world was really messed up, and a lot of people were doing a lot of bad things. And so um, the, the world was in rough shape when Abraham comes into the story. People were just as cruel and mean to one another. They, they still got sick and died. God's world was still full of tears. It was never meant to be like this, but God was getting ready to do something about it. He was going to make all the wrong things right. He was going to do it through a family. Abraham, God said, how many stars are there? God was about to tell his friend a wonderful secret. Well, let me see, Abraham said, rolling up his sleeves. But have you ever tried counting the stars? Well, if you have, then you know how hard it is. 993,994,997. Of course he kept losing count. Too many. Guess what, God laughed. I will give you so many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that you won't be able to count them either. Abraham couldn't help giggling at such a wonderful idea, but he stopped himself. How could he have a family? Don't be silly. He didn't have any children, let alone grandchildren. He wiped away a tear. Anyway, it was far too late for him to start having babies at this age. He was 99 years old. What could God mean? Abraham, God said, believe me. And then God told Abraham his secret rescue plan. Abraham, I will make your family very big. 
God promised, until one day your family will come to number more than even all the stars in the sky. Abraham looked up at the dark night sky, thick with stars. You will be my special family. And listen to this next one. This next line is really important. Listen to this. You will be my special family, my people, and through you, everyone on earth will be blessed. It was an incredible promise. God was going to rescue the world through Abraham's family. One of his great, 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 great grandchildren would be the child, the promised one, the rescuer. But it's too wonderful, Abraham said. How can it be true? Is anything too good to be true? God asked. Is anything too wonderful for me? So Abraham trusted what, his, uh, what God said more than what his eyes could see, and he believed. Now, when Abraham's wife Sarah heard God's promise, she laughed to herself. But it wasn't a happy laugh. It had tears in it. She'd always wanted a baby. Could her dream come true? Could she really have a baby when she was 90 years old? No, of course not. Don't be silly. It was far too late. Sarah didn't believe God could do, some, do what he promised. She had forgotten that when God says something, it's as good as done. Of course, it was e- as easy for God to give her a baby son as it was for him to make all the stars in the sky. Sure enough, nine months later, just as God had promised, Sarah gave birth to a baby boy. They named him Isaac, which means son of laughter. And Sarah laughed, but this time it was a glorious, happy laugh Her dream had come true. God would do as he promised. He would always look after Abraham's family, his special people. And one day, God would send another baby, a baby promised to a girl who didn't even have a husband. But this baby would bring laughter to the whole world. This baby would be everyone's dream come true. I love this story. If uh, you're in a normal Bible with uh, numbers of chapters and verses, this would be uh, starting in Genesis chapter 12, and it's, it's a lot more long and complicated than what we just read, uh, and weird at times, let's be honest, it's a weird story, but, but God did this amazing thing through Abraham that set off a chain of events. The world was not the way it was supposed to be, and God was choosing for himself a people a people that he was going to bless so that the whole world would be blessed. And it's a beautiful story that sets off this whole chain of reaction where Abraham's sons eventually, uh, his, his ancestor, or not his ancestors, his, his uh, what are predecessors, no, nope, that's not it, whatever the word is, his progeny, sure, kids look it up in the dictionary, um, <laughs> are going to end up in Egypt where God is going to do another amazing, miraculous thing where he's going to rescue them from Egypt. And then their story is they end up in the promised land and then they're back and forth and back and forth. And every time they get themselves in trouble, God continues to rescue them over and over again. And the pattern goes like this. God would rescue them. They would celebrate, yay, God rescued us. And they would forget. They would forget. And they would go back to doing the things that got them in trouble in the first place. And they'd find themselves in trouble. And they would say, God, help. We need you. And God would rescue them again. And the cycle went on and on and on until what this uh, chapter tells us, that God was going to send another baby, right? Jesus came into the world. And uh, we're going to talk more about what Jesus did for us in a little bit. But the plan all along was for someone from Abraham's family to permanently make things right. All that is broken and sad in the world is going to become untrue. God is going to make things right. But one of the things I love about this story is if you read on and on in the Bible, like I said, 
God is constantly telling us to remember what I did for Abraham. I did the impossible, what couldn't be done. I did that for Abraham. Remember. And that leads us to the first thing that we're here to do today, which is to remember our blessings. Remember our blessings. It's so important that we don't forget what God has done. And here's why. When we remember what God has done for us, it gives us courage to face whatever it is we're facing now. God said over and over again to his people, don't forget what I did for Abraham and Sarah. Don't forget what I did to free my people from Egypt through Moses. Just like I was with them then, I am with you now. And we look to times in our lives where God has blessed us. Maybe it's something we needed and he provided. Maybe it was a scary situation and we didn't know what was coming next, but God worked it out and it ended up being for our good. But we we need to look back at those times and remember all of the times that God has rescued us, the times he's shown up in our lives in a powerful way. And it gives us confidence, it gives us faith for whatever we're facing now. Just like he was with me then, I believe he's with me now. I told this story a bunch, but it's one that's just, it constantly comes up in my life. Whether we like it or not, money is a big deal in our world. And it tends to be the number one stress in most people's lives. And there was a time where I was driving early morning uh, to church uh, um, uh, on on a Sunday, uh, the church that I worked at, to get ready for the youth ministry that I was leading. And uh, I was on the highway, and from behind this, this car, was going over 100 miles an hour and hit me. We were the only two cars on the highway. And the first miracle was that I was okay. I had a sore neck and I was wearing flip-flops. Don't drive in flip-flops. So I got a little cut on my toe, especially teenagers. Be safe. Um, and, and, you know, I had to go to the hospital get checked out, but I was fine. And that was the first miracle. That could have been so bad. But immediately then our our worries kind of turned to something else. We were already in a really bad financial situation. Our medical bills were through the roof and uh, every last penny was going to just try to stay out of debt. And all of a sudden I need a car and the insurance money doesn't quite cut it. And I remember that. I'll always remember that because we just couldn't figure it out. What are we gonna do? I guess I'll, you know, ride a bike to work even though I live not close or whatever. I didn't know what was gonna happen. And then out of Uh, seemingly nowhere, we get this card given to us anonymously. And the the only thing written in there is the the passage in Matthew 6 where, where Jesus tells us not to worry about how God will provide for us and take care of us. And then there was a check for $5,000, which was more than what we needed to get a new car and be in, in the same situation where we were before. Still in a rough financial spot, but stable. And they kept it anonymous, and we kept trying to figure out who it was, and eventually we just decided they don't want to know who it was, and we're just going to consider this is a check written by God himself. He had taken care of our needs just when we needed it. Why do I tell you that story today? I tell you that story today because every time I worry about money, I remember that. And I go, whoa, why am I worried? In a far more desperate situation, God showed up and he took care of everything. And so... It's so important that we remember the times that God has blessed us, that he's shown up in our lives in these powerful ways because it gives us faith to face whatever it is we're facing today. Because just like the story of Israel, our life is like a roller coaster. It has all sorts of ups and downs. It has all sorts of joys and sorrows. It has things that are good, things that are bad. 
And we need, in those times where we're facing something scary, we need to remember those times where God has shown up for us. The second thing we're here to do today is not just remember our blessings, and it is so good to do that. We're here to celebrate our blessings. We're here to party, all right? So stick with us after the service. We're going to party. We're going to have a good time. We're going to eat a lot of carbs. It's going to be great. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) He's like, yes, give me food. There's so many examples of this in the Bible. I just want to share with you one quick verse um, that happens in Genesis 13. Uh, God gives Abraham this piece of land. He says, this is going to be your home. I'm giving this to you. And this is what it says Abraham did. Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. And there he built an altar to the Lord. The first thing he does after he settles into the land that God gave him, he built an altar. And what that means is he, he made a place to worship God, to celebrate what God had done in his life. The, the, the word for this, the, the, the old school Bible word for this is Ebenezer. And I love that. It's a great word. And it's not just an altar to worship. It's a monument to remember and celebrate what God has done. Well, why is it important to not just remember, but also to celebrate, to worship, to worship God? One, because it's more important, more important than celebrating our blessings is celebrating the one who gives us blessings. That's more important than the blessing itself. There's no greater blessing than knowing God and knowing that God loves you. In our busy lives, it's easy to be so focused on other things that we can miss the fact that God is present with us now. And not just now when we're in this building, all the time. We need to set aside places and times to pause and remember and celebrate the many blessings that God has given us and draw close to him to remember that the greatest blessing we have is that we are known by him and we are loved by him. So when Moses came into the picture, God said, hey, you're going to set aside one day a week. Six days you can work One day a week, stop. Why? So you can pause. You can remember. You can celebrate. Don't forget what I've done. Celebrate it. Worship. Remember that I'm here with you. I didn't just bring you out of Egypt so that you could be free. I brought you out of Egypt too so that you could know my goodness and my love and I am with you. This is called the Sabbath day. It's a a command in the Bible that we're to honor the Sabbath. And that's why we do Sundays. That's why we're here right now. We gather one day a week to pause and reflect, to reset our mindset for this coming week so that we're reminded that God is with us. And not just here, he's with us Monday and Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. The other reason it's good to celebrate and worship God for our blessings, is we need to make sure that we give him praise and don't take credit for his work in our lives. By celebrating our blessings and worshiping God, we remember that none of this is possible without him. Our victories and successes come because God blesses us. And I know a lot of us work really hard, and that's good. That's That's a part of the formula is for us to work really hard. There are so many things that are out of our control. There's so many things that we don't have control over in our own lives. And if it's not for God, we would be lost and destitute and in trouble. 
There are times in life that we need to be reminded, no matter how hard we work, we need God to show up. If we want to be a part of something that matters, that lasts, we need God to show up. I just want to say that so many people have worked hard at FCC over the past 50 years. I want to thank Sherman and Marty Williams who are here with us today. And the vision that that God gave them and others who started this church and the faithfulness to say yes and to follow faithfully. It's those little yeses, even when you said you didn't know, how are we possibly going to afford this? But it's the yes to say, if this is what you're calling us to do, God, we're going to take that step. And then watch God take that little step of faith and bless it in such an amazing way that has amounted to 50 years of, of FCC history. Thank you both for following Jesus faithfully. Yes. And there have been many pastors and elders and, and leaders and volunteers and people who have just uh, given their, their, their time, treasures, and talent to this place to say, this is my, my home, and I want to serve the Lord here. God honors all of those who have blessed FCC by serving. But even still, let's celebrate all the ways God has intervened. 50 years would not be possible without God's blessing on this church. If we go back and we could watch the entire history of FCC like a movie, there would be so many times where it would be so obvious that only God could have done that. Only God could have worked that miracle. Only God could have kept this church going in the face of that obstacle. And so we pause today and we celebrate all of our history and all who have contributed, but most of all, we pause today to celebrate and worship the God who makes it all possible, who sustains our lives and sustains this church that we may continue with our mission. Okay, well, what is our mission? Well, that's our last thing today that we're here to do. We're here to share our blessings. We remember our blessings, we celebrate our blessings, and then we share our blessings. I wanna fast forward of the story all the way from Abraham to Jesus's time. And this is the, the last time Jesus got to hang out with his friends over a meal. And this is what he did. Let's go back to the Jesus Storybook Bible. It was Passover, the time when God's people remembered how God had rescued them from being slaves in Egypt. Every year they killed a lamb and ate it. The lamb died instead of us, they would say. But this Passover, God was getting ready for an even greater rescue. Jesus and his friends were having the Passover meal together in an upstairs room. But Jesus' friends were arguing. What about? They were arguing about stinky feet. Stinky feet? Yes, that's right. Stinky feet. Now, the thing about feet back then was that people didn't wear shoes. They only wore sandals, which might not sound unusual, except for the streets in those days were dirty. And I don't just mean dirty. I mean really stinky dirty. With all those cows and horses everywhere, you can imagine the stuff on the street that ended up on their feet. So anyway, someone had to wash the dirt, but it was a dreadful job. Who on earth would, uh, would ever dream of volunteering to do it? Only the lowliest servant. I'm not the servant, Peter said. Nor am I, said Matthew. Quietly, Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, picked up a basin of water, knelt down, and started to wash his friend's feet. You can't, Peter said. He didn't understand about Jesus being the servant king. If you don't let me wash away the dirt, Peter, Jesus said, you can't be close to me. 
Jesus knew that what people needed most was not to be clean and uh, was to be clean on the inside. What they needed most was to be clean on the inside. All the dirt on their feet was nothing compared to the sin inside their hearts. Then wash me, Lord, Peter said, to, uh, tears filling his eyes, all of me. And one by one, Jesus washed everyone's feet. Now listen to this. Don't forget this phrase here. I'm doing this because I love you, Jesus explained. Do this for each other. And then Jesus picked up some bread and broke it. He gave it to his friends. He picked up a cup of wine and thanked God for it. And he poured it out and shared it. My body is like this bread. It will break, Jesus told them. This cup of wine is like my blood. It will pour out. But this is how God will rescue the whole world. My life will break and God's broken world will mend. My heart will tear apart and your hearts will heal. Just as the Passover lamb died, now I will die instead of you. My blood will wash away all of your sins and you will be clean on the inside in your hearts. So whenever you eat and drink, remember, Jesus said, I've rescued you. Jesus knew it was nearly time for him to leave the world and go back to God. I won't be with you long, he said. You are going to be very sad, but God's helper will come. And then you will be filled with a forever happiness that won't ever leave. So don't be afraid. You are my friends and I love you. After they sang their favorite song, uh, they walked up to their favorite place in Olive Garden. I love the way they tell that story. In the same way that Abraham was called to, to be a blessing, he was blessed so that he would bless the whole world. That's the whole point. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage. That is the whole point. We are to share our blessings with others. That's what FCC has been doing for 50 years, a church that seeks to honor God and be a blessing to our community. In over 50 years, we can safely say that thousands of people have been blessed by FCC in one way or another. Let's just do a quick poll. Raise your hand if you've ever had a fun time at Powerhouse. I love seeing, I love seeing not just the, the youth and the teenagers, I love to see the teachers. That's awesome. I hope you have a fun time. Eugenia was just taking a poll. She's like, you better raise your hand. No, just kidding. <laughs> How many people, your children were ed educated here in the preschool or at the, 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 the K through eight school? All right. Peter, you got children? I'm just kidding. I worded it funny. <laughs> How many people were married here or by a pastor of FCC? Okay. How many people have ever been prayed over by someone here? Yeah, that's the one I knew would get a lot of hands. <laughs> Me too. Me too. How many put your faith in Jesus here or through some, some ministry of FCC? That's awesome. How many people were baptized here? Amazing. Let's add to that next week. If you want to get baptized, talk to me. Okay, for real. Uh, We'd love, if, if that's your next step of faith, if you're a follower of Jesus um, and you've never been baptized, that is your next step of faith. It's not a question, it's a, it's a true statement. Um, so if that's something you're interested in doing, we would love to uh, have you participate in that and I can tell you how to get involved and be baptized next week. How many people have served in some way as a volunteer or served this community in some way? That's amazing how many hands are raising right now. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. That's exactly, we are living out 
We're mirroring what Jesus did when we serve one another. When we bless one another. That's what this whole thing is about. So many of us have been blessed by the ministry of FCC over the past 50 years. God has blessed us and this calling to us is the same as it was for Abraham. You are blessed so that the whole world will be blessed. It's the same calling Jesus gave to his friends. And he still gives us this calling. I want to read this one more time. I'm doing this because I love you, Jesus explained. Do this for each other. In these passages, John 13 through 17, Jesus over and over tells us, a new command I give you, love one another. That's what he wants from this church. That's what he wants from his people, that we are known as people who love. Jesus served his friends because he loved them and then he told them to do this for each other. He blesses us and asks us to bless others, to care for them, to help them heal if they need healing, to serve them in some practical way, to give them gifts or food or clothes if they're in need, to share what we have and, and with whatever action we take, to let them know that they are loved. To bless others is to do and say things that will show them the love of Jesus. And that's what we're called to today. We start by remembering all that God has done. And that gives us faith to know that the same God who was powerful then and was with us then is the same God who is powerful now and is with us now. We remember and celebrate Jesus whose life, death, and resurrection mean we can have full, true life now and perfect eternal life. He lived the life that we were supposed to live. The Bible says that Jesus walked with God every day, with every way, in every way, perfectly in lockstep with God. But you and me, we, we've stumbled and we've fallen. We've made mistakes that hurt God and hurt others, but not Jesus. He died on the cross. He said, just like he said he would in, in what we just read, he gave his life so that we could be forgiven of our sins, which is just a Bible word to describe how we're kind of broken, how things aren't the way they're supposed to be. It, it's a word that describes the ways that we hurt God and others. He rose again from the dead, and now our two greatest enemies, sin and death, are defeated. This is a church where we should be able to say amen when we say something like that, right? Thank you. Thank you. Can I get a witness? Come on. Uh, <laughs> Let me read that again. He rose again from the dead, and now our two greatest enemies, sin and death, are defeated. Amen. He wins. And because he wins, we win. We can start to live more like the life we were supposed to live from the beginning. We, we can be filled with the helper, with God's Holy Spirit and empowered to live the life we were supposed to in his presence. We can have faith that because Jesus lives, we too will live. Dying is not the end of the story. We can put our faith in him and have eternal life in his presence, where the Bible says there will be no more death or pain or crying. And we're going to celebrate that in a few minutes. We're going to take communion, because it would not make sense for us as a church after 50 years to do anything other than remember. Remember that his body was broken and his blood was shed because he loves us that much. And that's what he wanted to do was to give us life through his death and resurrection. We have life. So kids, if you've never taken communion before, 
I would just say, hey, talk to your mom and dad, and they can talk you through it and see if you're ready to do that. Um, But here's the deal. If you believe in Jesus and you want to follow him, you're ready. You can join us and take communion, and that goes for you adults too. This morning, we remember and we celebrate our blessings, but we can't stop there. The blessings don't stop in the parking lot when you get in your car to leave church today. We share our blessings everywhere we go with the remainder of the six and a half days we have of this week. We look for those that we might bless in the way that we've been blessed. We've been blessed so that we will bless others. And we practice that today as we celebrate. We share this meal together, but then we go and share a, a pasta together as we party and, and have a great time and share memories and encouragement to one another. We, we practice by blessing one another in this place. And then we go out there and look and say, God, who are you calling me to bless today? That's what FCC has been doing for 50 years. Blessing each other and this community. What an amazing testimony. What an amazing foundation that we can build on and continue to chase after. Let's pray that we continue to be a blessing to Fremont, the Tri-Cities area, the Bay Area, wherever God sends us. Right now, I want to just do something. I want to invite... um, Pastor Sherman and Marty to come up. And I'm also going to invite any, any of our elders or uh, leadership team members or preschool staff to come up right now. I've asked Sherman and Marty to just pray over us before we, we move on with our service because uh, they, they started something here with God's help 50 years ago that we, uh, we want to continue to be faithful to and live out God's call for this church for the next 50. So if you are uh, an elder or an LT member or a, uh, a preschool staffer, come up on stage with me and, uh, and let them pray over us. Also, band and choir, come take your places so we can uh, keep the celebration going in a few minutes through, through music. You're up first. Here comes Will Walker. We always wait for Will Walker. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> so my husband will be in here in just a moment. But I want to say right now that my memories flood me to a point of emotion. And I'm sure you can believe that. And I was thinking about 50 years ago yesterday, because that was actually the day that we started. And I tried to remember things, but I remembered getting two little kids ready. My daughter, Christy, was three, and our son, Shad, was one year old. And we, we got them ready. We got here to, to Mission San Jose High School, and Janine Stevens was there with her, her husband, Steve, and their five children. I don't, may I just ask this? Who was here on the first Sunday that FCC was founded. I want you to stand. Please stand. Thank you. So that's Janine, and right next to her is my sister-in-law, husband's, my husband's middle sister, Connie Naruo, and she was, weren't you the first administrative assistant? 
Um, secretary, who knows what a secretary is these days? <laughs> okay, Sherman, it's time for you to take over, please. <laughs> Well, happy anniversary to you all. Woo! Praise God. Yes. Praise God. Well, we want to pray over these people. Uh, but before we do, uh, would you hold that, baby? We brought something. From a few years ago. And we thought we would just remind you, it just goes so well with what Eric has said. These are lapel pins. And they say, impossible. <laughs> Luke chapter 18, verse 27. And the impossible is red streamed out. It's the whole idea of Abraham and God saying, I'm going to do the impossible. I'm going to give you a child at 99, 100 years old. I can do the impossible. And uh, the, the remembering of those kind of things. Remembering is so important. Uh, what I did just now is slip out to see if you still had the memorial stones here and you do. You're remembering even through those memorial stones that are now in the, the pyramid of stones in, in the uh, courtyard. What is that? That was tied really to these pins because in the era when we decided we could no longer be in the little small auditorium that we mentioned this in the video, we had to build out this pavilion and this whole area and it was millions of dollars. Well, you know, first of all, God did the impossible in getting us from Mission to San Jose to here. And you know how much it cost to get us into this? Do you know how much this cost? This nine, ten acres that's now worth millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars? Do you know how much it was? Hmm? That's right, about two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for this whole thing. God did the impossible. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I can't believe it. And then we're here, and we say, okay, we need this, but it's going to take millions of dollars to not only this develop this pavilion, but all of the other things. And again, we decided, okay, we're going to do it only as God does the impossible to provide through this congregation the millions of dollars. And we weren't going to take out any mortgage. We paid cash for this. The impossible in today's world, right? And so here we were, and we just... Okay, baby. You're, you're going to have to stay with me. Come on. Come on. Come on. So we're going to give one of these to each of these leaders, and we're going to ask you if you're willing to put them on. I don't know if it's too humbling to put them on. It's kind of corny. It's corny? Oh, it doesn't go with Helen's outfit. Can somebody bring a little jacket for her, please? But if you're willing to put these on, I would love for you to put them on because it's just a reminder again. And what I want to give it to these leaders is because God in the next 50 years can and will do the impossible. Yes, 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 yes. 
And I think that's the bottom line. It's just like Eric was saying, you know, we're, we're praising the Lord for what he's done and his pleasure, but we're moving forward. And look at there. I have just a few more. We had hundreds of these. There was a time when everybody in the congregation wore these, reminding ourselves that God is the God of the impossible. Yes. Yes. And so I'm going to uh, keep these in my hand. And... Uh, for as long as they last, anyone who wants to take one and will wear it, uh, we have them here. And until, but this is it. This is it. So we're going to just celebrate the God of the impossible. Why don't you start, baby? We praise you that you are the God of the impossible. So many right here in this pavilion could stand and testify. Here's what you did in my life. Many of us are waiting for miracles, but they will come because your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven in this place. I thank you, Lord, that as we look back, we thank you. But as we look forward, we thank you as well. And we know that generation after generation will tell of your love and your miracles because of this place. I bring the leadership team here to you. Lord, uh, you have chosen them for now. And I would pray that they would lead in humility with humble hearts, knowing that it's not about them. I pray that they would not be performance-based, but that they would be Holy Spirit fire-based. Yes, Lord. I pray that the dreams that come to this leadership team would be your dreams, not personal dreams. Mm. What you can continue to do with this place. I remember the times that just before the worship service, we would come early and a few of us would circle this whole, basically whole block, Kimber one and the whole thing. And how we said, Lord, it's yours. All this stuff is yours. And we looked at the hills and we said, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. You still do. You haven't changed. You are the same God. In this time in which we live, where the darkness is so strong, we know that your light is just beaming. And I pray that it would beam through these leaders as they equip the congregation all these wonderful people, the people you love so much, the people whose feet you would wash in a minute, that they will spread your light and there would be no hindrances, God. I pray protection on the marriages yes, in this leadership team as well as over this congregation, that the unity that is there and the communication will be indicative 
of the entire congregation and of what you want to do with vulnerability and openness and honesty. I pray honesty, that there would be no lies. Protect your church through these leaders. And I thank you that I can pray in the most powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Lord God, as I did the math, I realized that there are thousands of people who have committed their lives to you as Lord and Savior through the church side and the school side ministries in these 50 years. Thousands of people. Whoa. Thank you, Thank you, oh. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. Now as this leadership team positions themselves for the next year, the next decade, the next 50 years. Give them your wisdom. Give them your understanding. Give them your strength. Give them your power, the power of the Holy Spirit filling them to full and overflow to the honor of Jesus Christ. That they will be the servant leaders that you've called them to be. To have washing the feet spirits to walk these halls to walk into the lives of your people with the humble spirit of Jesus Christ Lord. yes thank you Lord your special anointing on Eric we yes, pray Father. yes as he leads this team that he will know your desires one step at a time. And so, Lord, with great privilege, we pray your phenomenal, extraordinary blessing on this leadership team and what that means for this congregation called Fremont Community Church. Thank you for the last 50. We look forward to the next 50. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.